Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are fired up because we've got some racing to talk about. I know it's a little bit off season, but we're going to talk a little Formula One, and we're going to talk a little we're going to talk a little IMSA racing because we got a, a live guest coming on, as opposed to what kind of guest? Anyway, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, uh, this is John Massengill, that's Les Kaiser. Oh yeah. Jonathan Green is not in the studio because he is down in New Zealand Still for the down under. Toyota Racing Series. So we uh, we got some interviews from Jonathan, and we're going to have those for us tonight as well. And our guest tonight, we are going to have a gentleman who is he was sent to us from the boys over there at Speed Group, Gustavo Yakaman, who's uh, who's been racing for a while now in both. He's done a little open wheel, and he's done some sports cars, and. He is going to join us at about 30 minutes at 7.30, so we're excited to have him live on the show tonight. And as you can tell, my voice is a little rough. Uh, we're in the Cedar Fever, Fever capital of the world, Austin, Texas, so oh, we're yeah. going to battle through it tonight. But, but Les, we got lots to talk about. Honestly, we got there's a ton of stuff happening in Formula One, everything. I mean, I say a ton of stuff from for the off-season there is, anyway. Well, you know, we're getting ready, about to, well, we're going to have some reveals, some of the car reveals coming up, and then we'll start some testing. I am ready for this. Uh, you know, th- th- there was some noise. Toto Wolf doesn't sound like he's quite ready for it. Uh, he seemed honestly, uh, genuinely nervous about uh, where they stand at this time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, it's a new start of a new season. You never know what's going on. Ferrari did pretty good last year trying to catch him. And, and uh, you know, it's beginning of a new season. They should feel nervous. That's the way you stay on top of your game. Yeah, yeah, that would be... Uh, it would be unusual if they didn't, but you know the one thing that uh, I hope his nervous is not un- his nervousness is not unfounded because I hope somebody else steps up and takes it to these boys at Mercedes. Yes, we do need that. I, you know, it's it's too predictable, and so I'm ready to see folks uh, take off and really give them a run for their money. What technology do you think they're going to use to do that? Do you think? Somebody else is going to split the turbo as Mercedes has done. I don't know. I don't, you know, the tip on the technology standpoint. I don't know if it's if it's going to be that. If it's going to be, you know, reliability. If it's going to be aero or you know, everybody just figuring out a bit. But I, I don't know. I don't know for sure if that's if a technology thing is going to be the thing that pushes somebody ahead of or, or catches Mercedes. That's pretty hard to say to, that somebody could beat Mercedes this this year. But I suppose it could happen. I want to say, you know, it, it it needs to happen. It should. And and obviously everybody's trying to make it happen. Everybody. And so I, I don't know what to do with that. But I still believe that that split turbo is uh, underutilized. 
I think more teams ought to be doing that and uh, separating the intake from the compressor side just seems like it's it's an obvious quick acceleration point or a quick improvement for them. Well, we'll see what happens with that, but I also want to talk about um, uh, halos and windscreens because on the IndyCar side, they've got the windscreen and, I mean, it's a no-brainer that it looks better than the Formula One halo solution because it looks like, I mean, it looks like some of the older race cars, you know, that uh, the F1, I mean, the IndyCar halo is uh, a step in the safety direction that doesn't look like crud like the F1 does. Right. But who's to say which one is better? Now, I did see a tweet from Santino Ferrucci. He tweeted a couple days ago. He said, I got to sit in the new FIE F2 car with the halo. He said, car is stunning, and honestly, you don't even notice the halo while sitting in the cockpit. He said, with the halo painted, halo doesn't look bad at all. I'm still a believer that it is not essential, but safety is safety. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a smart approach. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with anything that is safety conscious uh, in my book. So that's good, though. I'm glad to hear him say that it kind of disappears from yep. a driver's view. I mean, I know you can see young, enthusiastic, ready to get in a race car, but... Um, but obviously he's right that in the, when he wraps that up saying safety is safety. And we don't know what tests have been done. And, and I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw the IndyCar windscreen, I immediately thought of Justin Wilson. And, oh, yeah. And, and I'm certain that was a big driver of, of pushing that. For, I mean, I know all the series are always thinking safety. And uh, in, especially in an open wheel like that, something, a step in the right direction. But, but if that can prevent another death like justin wilson's then hey that's great and especially if it and, and it, obviously if it looks good that's great too but it's funny when you say that when you say prevent a death it, it almost doesn't matter what it looks like as i say it i start it feels kind of silly saying i hope it looks good because if it's safe then i don't really care yeah yeah i mean you know honestly a car looks better without a roll cage in it <laughs> yeah so you know yeah good point you know, i'm not gonna argue about that but yeah it's a. Uh, it's a good thing. You know, it's, we're moving in the right direction. You know, we can think of a handful of drivers that might be with us had we've gone to this extent just in the past 10 years. And whether it's IndyCar or Formula One, open wheel is a dangerous sport. So that's... Uh, yeah, that, no doubt. Well, and so what else we got uh, on, on the Formula One side? There is the grid girl story. And, you, you know, know, we've got a serious thing that needs to be addressed <laughs> and if you've ever heard jonathan green commentating at least a little while back he, he depends on grid girls <laughs> he seriously depends on what grid girls do we have that clip i wonder if our producer can dig that clip up of jonathan using the grid girls to to uh what, what, tell the weather to tell the weather there you go <clears throat> i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna give it up until he can find it but but um i i really when i first heard it my instinct was I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they got rid of it because, I, I, you know, when I'm in the paddock and I see these girls, the thing that bothers me the most is that they're all so, so young. That's what bothers me. And I think, like you said before the show, you have three daughters. I have a daughter. I think that's what bothers me about it. Yeah. And I, that's uh, one of those things I, I agree. I think when you're a, a parent of a daughter, I think you look at things a little bit different. Uh, you don't want them to be, I don't know, oogled over, you know, 
beyond yeah, a decent no level of appreciation, respectable level of appreciation. And I think that comes into place. But uh, th- those are one of the things that uh, we'll, we'll get further into this later on. But yeah, uh, well, we just <clears throat> our producer just told us that we had our, our guest call in. So we're going to go straight to it. Welcome to the show, Gustavo Yakaman. Appreciate you coming on Speed City. Hey guys, how are you? Good night. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great. How are you? All good. All good. Well, I'm glad you pulled yourself away from some football game. I'm assuming there's something there's going. Football game. <laughs> we appreciate man, you coming on. Man, I don't, I don't follow any sport that just requires one ball, as you know. <laughs> there is an okay. I'm stealing that line. I'm stealing that line. Yeah, I, I'm with you, buddy. <clears throat> All righty. Well, you've had a pretty good year this past year. We want to hear about it. Uh, get us caught up with uh, your most recent activities. Hello? Hey, we got you, Gustavo. We were just asking you, get us caught up about what you've been doing, you know, 2017 and, and 2018 coming up. Yeah, well, 2017 was actually a pretty hard year for me. Uh, it started off doing Blancpain Endurance Series with uh, Lamborghini um, factory team. And we weren't doing so well, and basically relationships ended up breaking apart with Team Lazarus. Um, you know, the team wasn't spending enough funds in testing and development, and the Blumpa series is just so, so competitive. I mean, if you're, ten, if you're half a second off, you're P20. You know, there's 40 cars in one second. It's super competitive, and you've got to be on top of the game. And we were basically rounding in between, like, top 30 so um so basically relationships didn't end very well there and i was very very fortunate to to find a very good opportunity with uh team graph over in europe in elms uh tony calderon from speed group made it all happen and um and man we killed it out of four races we won two and finished fourth on on another one and i think like uh fifth or sixth on um on another on another race so we did really really well the the new orica was amazing it was just man so easy to drive the team did a great job no mistakes and finished off the wet the best way possible with two wins um so it was great and you know that opened up the the door to to start working with uh afs pr1 that relationship came up uh pretty naturally and yeah, so basically our plan for this year is to run the full IMSA um, WeatherTech Sports Cars Championship, and we're going to be running a Ligier, Ligier JSP 17, and no, what is it? Yeah, 17, is it eight, 17, 18? I can't remember, man. They just keep adding numbers <laughs> to the start. Um, and yeah, Daytona was a, was a tough one. You know, we put the program together early to mid-December, so we were slightly rushing, um, rushing many things, and, uh, you know, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. It definitely wasn't the best track for Ligia, but we believe that the new Conti tire and the other tracks will be, will be a lot better for us. Well, speaking of Daytona, I mean, that's, that's a pretty fast turn to try to, to get, start getting work in December and, and do really well. So you guys, you know, that's, you got to give yourself a little slack for that. But 
Was that your first time at Daytona? No, it was actually my sixth time at uh, at the Rolex 24. Um, the first time I did it, it was 2012, if I'm not mistaken, with Michael Shank, Felipe Nassar, and Michael McDowell. And we finished third overall that year, and that was the year that Negri won with Pew, Almendinger, and Justin Wilson. We had a pretty good car that re- that year. The Riley Ford was was very strong on BOP, and uh, and yeah, we killed it. And it was it was pretty good year. After that, I did um, another year with the Riley Ford with Shank, and one of my teammates made a mistake, and we crashed out at like 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, after that, I ran um, the the first Morgan. That was the year of the merger, so I ran the one of the first LMP2 cars. We finished. We had an alternator issue. I can't remember where we finished um, that year. And then, well, actually, it was my fifth time. So last year, I ran with the PC, with the PC car with Bar One. Finished on the podium. I can't remember third or fourth. Um, and yeah, this year with PR One was my my fifth. All right. Well, I knew that you, I was thinking you had raced at Daytona before, but I didn't know if it was the Rolex, but hey, Gustavo, can you hold on for just a quick second? We got to do a quick break for commercial. We'll, this will be a quick one. We'll get right back with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas, and we'll be right back with Gustavo Yakuman after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com.
Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, we went to the break. We were talking with Gustavo Yakuman about his season so far. So, Gustavo, I mean, you guys just getting rolling this season, and I know you didn't have the Daytona, the Rolex that you wanted, but thinking about what's upcoming for you guys, where are you hoping that you, or where do you think you're going to do the best? I mean, obviously you're hoping you're going to do well at every one of them, but with the strengths of the car and and uh, knowing the track's coming up, what are you thinking? Well, uh, I think Sebring's going to be pretty good for us. Especially, I like Sebring a lot, and I was able to get pole position there on, on the PC class. I mean, it doesn't mean much, but, uh, but I just feel pretty comfortable on at Sebring, I've done back in my IndyCar Indy Lights days. I did probably a million laps at the at the club short track um, <laughs> at, at Sebring, so I feel I feel pretty comfortable there. Um, Long Beach will be a tough one for us, and then I think actually the car is going to be really really good at Mid Ohio. I think we will be very strong at Mid Ohio. Watkins Glen, the car was really strong last year. It was very strong at Road America. At Mans, we were very strong. Um, let's see what other tracks we got. Uh, Detroit, you know, all the street tracks, I think uh, our shock program is not very advanced compared to our competition. So uh, we're going to struggle to keep the tires on the ground at all the street tracks. Um, let's see what else we got. Mid-Ohio, Road America, Laguna, we're going to be pretty good. Um yeah, I mean, any natural terrain road course, the smoother it is, the better it is for our car. The bumpier it is, the the harder it is. But, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. And hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, to work with it and make it a little bit better. Well, you know, I expect you guys to, I mean, the, the teams you're with and the experience you've had, I, you know, I'm looking at all okay. your experience, I expect you guys to do good, but... Do you think you'll be fi- you think you'll be in a position to fight for podiums or even a championship or even even close? Um, I don't think we're in a position to fight for the championship. I think we are in a position to fight for podiums, to fight for race wins. Um, I think we we definitely have a strong crew. Sebastian has really adapted really really well to the car. I think uh, all of us are surprised how well he adapted to it. He was very quick at Daytona. He drove, I think, like nine hours and really did an amazing job. No no wheels off, no mistakes all weekend. Um, so I'm really excited to be working with him this year. He's he's doing amazing and um, and I think we'll be we'll be a strong we'll be a strong driver lineup. Well that's good. Now, well obviously we wish you guys the best of luck on that. But you know, you I wanna ask you something if you don't mind. You know, there's this new the stories that have come up this season. In IndyCar, they've got the new windscreen that they're testing. And in Formula One, of course, they're in an across the Formula series. They have the new Halo that everyone has been, it's, it's been so controversial, but the way it looked. And we were just talking about the windscreen about in IndyCar. And when I see that, I immediately think of Justin, William, uh, Justin Wilson dying in, in an, you know, with a tire accident like that. And, and it seems trivial to worry about the way it looks when you think of it that way. But had, you as a professional driver, what do you think about these things, and and do you worry about the way it looks? I mean, obviously, to me, you got to be worried about the safety aspect. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got many friends in IndyCar, many close friends in IndyCar. 
um, friends in F1, and honestly, it's it, especially IndyCar and Indy 500, man. I'm 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 so afraid of that race. And um, whenever whenever you know before the race, I don't just I don't just um, wish them a good result, but I wish all my friends well. It's um, it's a very nerve-wracking race. It's very, very dangerous, and anything you can do to add safety to it is uh, is a plus. And I'm sure all the drivers agree. You know, for the fans, yeah, the cars might not look as good. They might not look as sexy, whatever. But um, but it doesn't matter. You know, in the end of the day, a life is worth more than anything else. And uh, and and if you're gonna keep my friends safe, if you're gonna keep us safe. Uh, it's definitely worth it. You know, it's something that we don't really talk about. We talk to, you know, drivers from Formula One to, you know, every level of racing and then MotoGP, but it, it's gotten so safe that we forget. But, but, but like you said, the Indy 500, you know, you saw a couple of those crashes that they, they looked, I mean, the, these drivers, it looked like they were lucky that they, they walked away from some of those and we forget that this is still a very, very dangerous sport. And you guys, uh, you do put your life on the line. Man, I tell you that Dixon crash was that's very, the one. very scary. Yeah, that's the um, one. And not, not only that one, the Davison crash involved a lot of cars and it could have been ugly as well. You know, it's a lot of it is luck, man. I don't like yep. to believe in luck, but once you're up in the air and Dixon, it just wasn't his day. You know, if, if, if if instead of hitting the side pod, that thing would have flipped all the way around and landed on the on his helmet in the catch fence, it, it would have been a Weldon story all over again. Yeah, right. Um, right. So it, it it that that it it just simply wasn't his day. You know, it was it wasn't his day. The same thing with Kubica. You remember that crash? Oh yeah, yeah. it was yep. a massive one. Oh, and, and that just was that just wasn't his day either. So, um, well, and I think of I mean, the one that really strikes me around the Formula One recently is Fernando Alonso, where he goes sliding up against the wall yeah. head first and he winds up there and he shimmies out of it to get out. And so that's one of those that I just I'm like, oh, my gosh, that that to me was probably one of the scariest seeing him going head first for the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, was definitely, it was definitely scary. So, yeah, anything. Anything you can do to add safety to the sport, I'll take it. It doesn't matter if it looks ugly, if it, you know. Yep. Uh, of course, you got to keep performance. I think it's very important to keep performance, but um, but it's more important to have to have uh, to have safety. Well, I got to check in. You know, uh, looking forward. I know you were just here in Austin. Uh, apparently, out at Cirque of the Americas, didn't call us. So. Uh, <laughs> Explain yourself, young man. <laughs> what were you doing out there? Well, we got we got called by this family from uh, from San Antonio that has uh, that has a bunch of supercars and and they just wanted to take them out and have some fun and be safe with them and and basically that that's all it was. Uh, that's you know, cool. they called us out, me and Philippe Double Care, and and. Um, yeah, we just we're ripping out on some 488s, 720s, Huracan uh, performances. Just had a blast. Ah, uh, now that sounds fun. Well, I know you've been yeah. getting uh, quite a bit of experience in, in several different cars, and and you had to go with some global rallycross cars. Are are you serious about looking at some of these other genres of racing? 
man, anything that's got an engine, four wheels, and a steering wheel. And more I than one down. ball. <laughs> yeah, it requires more than one ball. I am down. It's- I love it. Uh, well, Gustavo, we really appreciate you taking your time out on a Sunday night. Gustavo Yakaman, we appreciate you coming on Speed City, and we wish you the best of luck this season. And we'll catch up with you, too. We'll get you to call in again and, and uh, maybe a midseason update. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. It was a pleasure being on the show with you guys. And anytime, right. I'd love to be back on the show. You bet. Right. Travel safe, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. <laughs> he seems like a... Uh, a, a we no- can get in a lot of trouble around him, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I just like it. He's He says what's on his mind. There's no yeah. no hiding there. I like that. No, it's good. It's good. And, you know, he. Uh, I just thought it was cool that... He has explored Global Rallycross playing around in that last year. And uh, I love seeing drivers go and, and venture into some of the different things. And uh, we'll have to talk about Fernando Alonso as well. <laughs> but uh, talk about Speaking somebody adventuring. that's... Yeah, venturing out into a couple of different things. You know, he's already set for Le Mans, uh, trying to get that all set. Sounds like he's going in 2018. Uh, there's I, there's no doubt that Alonso is going to be racing in Le Mans. So it's, you know it, it's uh, if it's not this year, it probably is. I think it's a done deal. It looks like, but he wants. I mean, he's he's not getting what he wants in Formula One. At least he hasn't been recently. So we'll see. What, well, about 2018. And, but, you know, the, here's my concern. You know, we talked about the changes from 2017 to 2018. One of those was reducing the number of engines that'll be used without penalty. My issue around that are for these lower budget teams that don't have the best engines or technology or whatever and honda if you go into this honda suffered something like 375 grid penalties <laughs> grid, grid spot places penalties. <laughs> really uh, are you just going to penalize them more i don't know what the answer is to help out these lower performing vehicles uh, not everybody can have a Mercedes or Ferrari power plant. Mercedes had zero grid place penalties related to engine in 2017. Wow, Ferrari really? just had a few. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things. Honda, like I said, over 350 grid places. So I, I don't know what the answer is for these guys, but I feel like Honda's got a death spiral going on this past year. <laughs> <laughs> death spiral. Yeah. Kill the motor. Kill a few more grid spots. <laughs> All right. Well, on on the death spiral note, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little more Formula One. And we're going to talk, we're going to hear from the Haas F1 team a little bit. And, uh, and also later in the show, we got an update from Jonathan Green. He just sent it in. And uh, an interview from one of the drivers down there at the Toyota Racing Series. So you're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. We'll be back after these messages. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. 
Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Roger Hayden, Factory Yoshimura Suzuki. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. Not much two-wheel talk lately, but we've been hearing some Roger Hayden and yeah. other motorcycle guys. And Hopefully come we'll back get some break. true testing going on. Haven't heard a lot about uh, anything really going on for MotoGP at the moment, but uh, we shall see. All right, well, let's talk some more Formula One. We were I was looking at this story about the new times uh, it's interesting. Th- I got excited about the first one because, I mean, this is very sh- selfish of us. I was going to say shellfish. This is very selfish of us on, as a broadcaster because when we get the when we do the the radio broadcast of the Fulman One race here in Austin every year, we usually start our broadcast right at two o'clock. Right, which means we have about fifteen seconds before the race actually starts. Like, yeah. like literally, we go on the air and we go. We're out at Circuit of the Americas, and here we go. The race is on. So this yeah. year, all the races are going to start at 10 minutes past the hour. And I think that's a good idea for several things. Uh, yeah, and actually, they highlight one of the things is you get an opportunity to see the driver line up, maybe a qu- quick grid walk, a, a quick little intro, how qualifying went. You get 10 minutes of to capture that and then uh, go into the formation lap. And, and then go. And then go. So, yeah, I'd really like to see that. Um, Maybe even go to 15 minutes, to be honest. Hmm. Well, the other big part of this story was the uh, the fact that they're going to shift the times for a bunch of races, including here in Austin. That's right. Uh, United States Grand Prix is set start at 1310, 1.10 p.m. Uh, this year. And so that's, uh, you know, it used to be two. And Always so been two, yeah. That's going to be a little bit earlier in the day. I think that's going to change a few things the idea though is that provides more of an audience away from these time zones that we're here stateside and so uh, those of you that listen from across the pond if you will uh it's going to be more appeasing for you because it'll be about an hour earlier and i think that's a, a smart move as well as they try to build up as well you know that's a that's a good time for getting american audience everybody gets home from church or their morning outing or their you know you and your yoga thing john <laughs> and uh that's right when you john think of me to, yeah, you think of yoga right yeah yeah <laughs> jonathan gets to wake up from the night after and so <laughs> he's probably listening you know down in uh, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> new zealand we but, uh, we are going to get a report from jonathan here in a few minutes we yeah, could not i'm get, sure he'll have plenty to say yeah <laughs> We couldn't get a good uh, internet connection to have him live on the show down uh, from the Toyota Racing Series, but they're, uh, he's going to send it. He sent us an update, and we're going to play that here in just a couple minutes. But so anyway. I think that's a big part of you know uh, one other change. Uh, you got to talk. You know, the start of the race. You, it's not the start of a race without grid girls as oh, of yeah, twenty seventeen, but yeah. uh, twenty eighteen looks like we're not going to have grid girls. You know, we talked about it. You know, you've got one daughter, I've got three. I. 
I understand wincing a little bit, you know, over it. Uh, it's the culture in the United States right now, definitely. Uh, not to objectify women, of course, and, and we don't want to, especially. If, but uh, I purposefully read a lot of comments and responses from women. That's what I was doing, too. I was really, I, and, I was only searching for the women in motorsports and what they were saying about it. And you know, I read one uh, blog, if you will, from one of the girls that is a grid girl. And she said, this is part of my career. It's one of the things I do as modeling that, uh, you know, she not only models for magazines and clothing catalogs and, you know, hair and makeup things, but she does grid girls, you know, not only Formula One, but other racing series. And that she looks at it as it is her career quite so. And so she says, you just took away a week of work from me. Mm, yeah. From the week around Formula One that she's busy and attending. Do you know how and, old that girl was that, that was on I, the blog? I do not. Uh, Would you guess that of the, she was? I'm, well, I know a lot of the girls here at Circle Americas that I've known over the years have been uh, anywhere from like seniors in high school and older. They have to be 18 years old at a minimum. and uh, But generally I'll say you probably don't see them over the late 20s, if yeah. that. And so... Uh, understand that maybe 21 years old be a little more appeasing one of the others said if you look at the wardrobe of recent years it's not nearly as revealing as you saw in the 70s and you know all of that and so uh you know the it was a slideshow showing the apparel and i'll say you know quite honestly it's very played down but yes nonetheless still somewhat objectifying a woman standing holding a numbered sign now if i had a different answer yeah they put guys out there too <laughs> yeah that's true you know what? I'm not really there for the grid girls or the grid guys. I just want to see solid racing and more competitive racing. <laughs> and I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to say it. But apparently, Bernie Ecclestone weighed in on it, and I don't care. So I'm going <laughs> to move just, in and move on from that. So, hey, so or what, what his ex-wives new, would say? Yeah. What about the new minimum weights? We were talking about this before the show. There's. Um, talk about the minimum weights since my voice is going. I'm going to let you, you talk go. about it. Minimum weights. There's <laughs> hope for me yet. There is hope for me yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to laugh that hard. Yeah. I'll call HR later. <laughs> All righty. So this year, a minimum driver weight will be 80 kilos. That's 176 pounds. Okay. I got to lose a little bit, but if you're going to pay me a couple of million a year to do this, I can shed 20 pounds. Hey, if you're making, if you make it to Formula One, you're making more than a couple of million. Exactly. <laughs> I can have liposuction three times a season if I need. Well, did we ever figure out which of the drivers that that, that would, that, who's on the bubble? I mean, you who's know, even close to that? I, I, I've seen that I've seen specific in drivers. Looks like I only a, saw one driver's weight commented and that was felipe massa at 65 kilos which is 143 pounds that's 33 pounds below minimum and so you may ask how are are they going to deal with that well in uh, some racing groups you actually have to have a combined weight of the car and the driver and they manage it in that way and when by including the car in the equation they can then ballast and weight load the car where they want. And so they'll move the cars around, they'll move the weight around, get it in different places. So that's uh, one thing, but F1 apparently is going to address it a little bit different. The ballast must be added around the driver's seat and distributed similar to that of the human body. Hmm. So, you know, you can't say you've, you've got an extra 
30 pounds in your rear end, so it's down <laughs> low. It's got to be distributed head to toe, apparently, in some manner. Are we, are we, are we doing are the Kardashians racing? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on from that. Let's do it. Let's do uh, it. I want to, I want to uh, give Formula One some props because we talked about this a little bit last year, <clears throat> but the... Uh, one of the things they're doing really good is... Oh, you're media. talking about the quiz. <laughs> yes. The okay. quizzes. Okay, this is fun. Yeah. And, and seriously, people, this is something y'all can participate in. I want y'all to, in fact. It's pretty cool, and it it uh, might knock you down a peg or boost you up on how smart you think you are. Yeah, why don't we play... Because uh, the reason what made me think of this tonight is that the uh, what Vormina One is doing on their YouTube page is they're interviewing people in the grid, and they're calling it uh, F1 uh, Grill the Grid. And they get they've had all the team bosses on and some other team executives. And this week they had Haas F1's Gunther Steiner on. And so let's just play this from the Formula One YouTube page. You get an idea. Hi, my name is Gunther Steiner. I'm the team principal of Haas F1 team, and this is Grill de Grit. Haas is the first American F1 team since 1986. Who was the latest? Ooh, did you get this Beatrice, one? Beatrice, I think it was called. Oh, I, I got this one. Thank you. I, I think I got lucky here because I, my history in F1 is not, is not very good. Mario Andretti was the second, but who was the USA's first world champion? I can't believe you missed this one. I got this one immediately. Pass. <laughs> Pass. No, uh, it wasn't Clark. No, he was Scottish, I guess. Yeah, okay. Who was it? Phil Hill. Phil Hill. 1961. Phil it Hill. was Phil Hill. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have missed that. I, I did miss that one. One is Van Dorn, I think. Yes. And the oh, what they're one. doing now is they're showing a picture Science? of two drivers no, meshed together in a Van screen, Oklahoma. and you're guessing that one. Okay. That was kind of... Yeah, there's only a couple okay. of visuals in this. Kind of silly. Which but... of your 2017 drivers used to work in a bank? <laughs> That's pretty easy for me. It's, it's Romain, Romain Grosjean, obviously, because he wants, wants always more money from me. So, you know, he learned that one pretty well in the bank. So, well done for him. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't Esteban get. Esteban Gutierrez scored no points in 2016, but how many times did he finish B11? This one I got. Uh, I think it was Oh, six. yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, six. We, five. Not oh, five. Yeah. Five. I said five or six, but I, yeah. I would have five, five times Name in the, the place. Okay, and they're showing a helmet. Uh, Mika Hakkinen. Very good, yes. <laughs> you were born in 1965. Who was world champion that season? Clutch. See, that's that what I meant before when I said Clark. I just got confused. <laughs> Which car was that in? You know? Oh, I got you now. You see? Yeah. Ah, you see? <laughs> Which of your 2017 drivers is freaked out by spiders? <laughs> it cannot be one of the two, huh? I, I guess Romain. No? No. Kevin. Kevin. That's good to know. So, yeah, that's good to know. Listen, keep that up. Yeah, keep that up, yeah. <laughs> when he needs to get going, we tell him a spider is in the car, so, you know, maybe it's a good trick. Name the driver. No. Another visual. It's Rennie Arnoux. Uh, yeah. Rennie Arnoux. With very long, long hair. Ago. Yeah, yeah, long hair, yeah. In 10 seconds, name as many trucks as you can to host the European Grand Prix. Imola, Austria, uh, uh, Baku, I think, was the European Grand Prix. I don't, even, I don't need 10 seconds. I haven't got enough answers, you know, for 10 seconds. So. <laughs> so you don't know where he goes. Five. What do you think of that? 
not, not, not very good, I guess, I, I think of it. But hey, my history of events is not very good, so I can live with that one, you know. If that's the only thing I don't know in life, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> anyway, I, I know this wasn't anything, you know, revolutionary. I just think it's fun to do. Well, what I'm, really what I'm saying is, is that I'm glad to see that they're utilizing their YouTube account. And in the off-season, what else are they going to talk about? I mean, there's... Okay, but think of this business-wise. What do you want to do to engage or to uh, build your following? You've got to engage your listeners and your enthusiasts and, and your audience. And so this is a great one. Here's a way for you to, you know, go in there and compare yourself to Christian Horner on his series of questions. See if you can beat him at it. Uh, and, it, you know, it does a couple of things. Not only does it engage your audience, it also improves the knowledge. Even if you get it wrong, you wind up seeing the right answer. So uh, I think this is very wise. You know, the, you know, the one thing that always sticks me, how anti-social media that Bernie kept things was when Lewis Snapchatted from the paddock and he was told he didn't have a broadcast rights license. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, yeah. Seriously. All that's done, though. That's, that's and, great news. You know, to me, this is a, a great way of managing this. It's fun. Give it a shot. We'll put a couple of these out and uh, see how things go. Yeah, and just go to F1's YouTube page. It's the it's the uh, the latest stuff right now. And if you haven't subscribed to that, do it because they do have um, some really good clips during the season. My favorite thing in the, on their YouTube page is, I mean, they've got they've got really good race wrap ups. If yeah. you uh, if you want to go back and watch the the highlights of the race, they put those on YouTube. Which you know, years past they wouldn't have even considered that. But they also have the uh, the radio, the best radio clips from Team Radio. They have they put oh, all yeah. those on the YouTube account. So, Not always FCC compliant. Yeah, there's lots of bleeps in those. All right, well let's go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, we are going to play that segment from Jonathan Green and the down at the Toyota Racing Series. Do a little catch up, see what's going on down there. Listen to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Mosing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491. Or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, 
Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. When we left, we were gonna we told you we were gonna get an update from Mr. Jonathan Green, our our third wheel on this show, and he is uh, of course down in New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series, and we're gonna hey, play. You, you know who else is scared of spiders? Jonathan, and they're from New Zealand. Who? Brandon. Oh, is he Brandon Hartley? Hartley? Yeah. Now, how do you know he's scared of spiders? Uh, it was in one of his introductions oh, to okay. drivers. I thought, well, I was, he's been to Coda enough. I thought maybe he'd seen one of those <laughs> Texas barking spiders out there. <laughs> you never know. But was, New Zealand, hey, you know, all the racing's going on down south. We didn't even really talk about Bathurst 12 hours. That, I know. I tell you what, folks, you, you have to go online, and it's not always easy to find, but uh, Nismo TV does provide cover, some coverage of the 12-hour race Bathurst. And uh, think about an endurance race almost on the streets. The track is so narrow. The walls are two car widths away from the track. You said the coverage ran out with just like 30 minutes yeah. to go? Oh, uh, I just, yeah. Anyway. Well, so, hey, were there any, I, I thought there were going to be some uh, some IMSA American drivers or IMSA drivers that we uh, know yeah, were there down were, there. There were just a mix of them. And right now I've gone blank on exactly who it was because I, I did pick out a few names there. Uh, Timo Glock was there. We saw Timo. Uh, I was hoping to see a few others. You know, the, some of the Aussie V8 guys were obviously there. But Yeah, Jimmy uh, Wincup's car apparently was leaking fumes inside. and Yeah, got him dizzy. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. That's a race you got to check out. You know, I know we're north of the equator, but uh, the racing's all down there right now. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and Jonathan sent us a little segment and an interview. So let's uh, let's start with the uh, the update from from Jonathan. Thanks, guys. Yes, we've just come back from the fourth round, the penultimate round of the 2018 Castrol Toyota Racing Series. And it was a great uh, weekend in Topo uh, by the famous lake there, the volcanic lake. Uh, beautiful conditions and very, very interesting because with only six races to go, it started to get a bit more intense as we expected it to do. Um, the only man who hadn't really won a race that was contending for the championship was Robert Schwartzman, but he changed all that in the feature race. In the first race, uh, America's Juan Manuel Correa uh, got the first win of the weekend, and it really well done from the front row. He got a blinding start and never looked back. Uh, in race two, it was Brendan Leach who raced in the US F4 Championship for Kiwi Motorsport last year, and he won by an amazing 15 seconds, so he was right in uh, the zone, so to speak. And then finally in the feature race, the Denny Hulme Memorial Trophy, um, all carrying 75 points for a win. It was finally the Russian, Robert Schwartzman of M2 Competition, who won his first race in the series. Now, he's been on the podium several times, but he's just not won a race. Um, but it was very important to him because now, with one rate round to go, there are just three races left. And the top three are split by less than... A race win. That's Armstrong with 761. Schwartzman, uh, 33 points behind on 728. And then Richard Vashore on 701. Um, I spoke to Schwartzman after he got out of the car, literally as he just got out of the car, straight after his race three win and his first in the series. Congratulations, your first win in the Toyota Racing Series. Well, it's really, really good feeling. Finally, we managed to, to win here. Uh, I think the, the car was just fantastic. All the race, I was really quick. Um, the beginning was good. I, the, the point was just to make a good start. I managed to get a pretty good start, same as Marcus. Just, you know, keep it inside in the turn one. And, yeah, and then I was leading. Then was safety car. 
was a bit tricky because I never never restarted from first position after the safety car restart, so it was a bit tricky. But anyways, I did everything right, um, yeah, and then I just managed to get a good gap to Marcus, and yeah, that was just awesome. Thanks to Team uh, SMP Racing and uh, Ferrari Drivers Academy. It's been a good weekend, consistent weekend, and you go into Manfield now with three races to go, and the top three are all split between less than a race win, and now you've got a feature race win. Yeah, of course it's going to be hard. Everybody's close. Now it's going to be a really good like fight for the championship. But I think if the car will be the same good and like all the team work they, they have done here will be the same, I think we can manage to win. Celebrating tonight? Uh, yeah, of course. Well done again. Thank you. You know, it's really surprising. It's, this goes so fast. When, it, when the Toyota Racing Series starts and Jonathan goes down there, I always go, oh, man, it's going to be, you know, six rounds or five rounds, I think is what it is. And, and I looked up, and we're now four of the five rounds done. There's really just those three races left is what he you said. Bet. You bet. And, you know, it, I know we keep giving him the, the trip down there, but he, he's actually done it for long before us. Yeah. But uh, it is a great series. Uh, I saw some other folks posting that while they were down there and how much fun it is to see these guys coming up, the youngsters coming up. And so, uh, like I said, hearing some of them talk about it, and, you know, it's just been really interesting to see these come up with, uh, you know, Lando Norris, for instance. There he is, wind up sitting there at yep. Daytona with Fernando Alonso. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, and obviously, and uh, you know, have you heard? I I didn't, uh, I didn't. We tried to get Lando Norris on the show, but he had a brilliant Rolex. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, he did great. He did great. Uh, speaking of the Toyota Racing Series, you know the the Toyota eighty six is you know the production car, the Toyota FRS here and the Subaru right. BRZ here, the little sports car. Uh, they have that series at the beginning and they have the breeds production based cars and they they race those cars and i learned a little history about the toyota 86 this weekend from my son i ah. didn't that, that I, boy's catching on he, he's, I know, we're, he's we're gonna believe when he says he's your son now yeah he's uh he's he's turned into a gearhead but he was telling me that he watches a an animated show from from japan that he says i, I wish i could remember the name of it but it was a super realistic um, animated show. And, you know, like they were showing shots inside the cars and the tachometer and like, right. well, the, the Toyota 86 goes back to this boxy, funky little, it was a four cylinder, mm-hmm. but it, apparently it was, it, it was, I'm trying to, I guess the 86 currently is, is in spirit, the same kind of right. car because it, the balance is perfect, right? Everything is, is great about the car. It's just not very powerful. Well, the history of that car is the same way. Back in the 80s, they had a boxy little Toyota that uh, they call the 86 back in the day that had an 8,000 RPM redline four-cylinder in it that made like 140 horsepower, 136 horsepower. You make me, you know, I envision this Ford Cortina kind of car, you know, the little British sedan from Ford or, you know, who knows what. You know what it looked like? Do you remember? I actually owned one of these. It was a 1982 Toyota Celica GTS. Yep. And it was, it looked, that, that version looked like the Supra. Uh, this was when the Supras were starting to get interesting. You know, the first right. round of the Supra didn't, was kind of a, it was still cool with a big inline six and everything. But With the uh, fender flare extensions on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. M- mine was, the, was is the, uh, this one looked kind of like that. 
but not as aggressive. But it uh, anyway, that was just a little little side note on the Toyota eighty six. Very cool. Very but, cool. Um, but yeah, let's let's jump back to F one. We just got a couple minutes left here. Uh, I know you had a couple stories you want to talk about. Hey, you know there there are there were some things uh, going on around the F one stuff where we talked about you know the differences that F one's making. For one, I think it's amazing you know what they're doing socially. But uh, you know there was talk. You know we did away we they <laughs> decided they're not going to have you can say the T wings the the T spoilers that were at the back of the F one car. But one thing, uh, some interpretations of the technical specs are going to allow for rear winglets that would be positioned just below that area where that T-wing was. And I wondered, I wondered where the MotoGP winglets went. Yeah. Yeah. We know what, where, who Ducati sold them to, but, (laughs) uh, and that's, that's exactly what I went to is they have control space of things that they can have liberty to, to, you know, be creative in. And one of the things was adding some small little winglets to it. Whereas uh, Williams actually had them on their car a time or two last year playing with it. And so uh, I'm curious to see if anybody comes out with it. Certainly going to see what Adrian Newey does with that little creative space that's available now. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest difference for me, I'm going to say, is uh, we're getting rid of the wings. I mean, the uh, T-wings, we're getting some engines. Huh. We got to get some engines up. I want to see some good engines. You know, I'd love to go back to tens, like all of us, but that's not going to happen. So here we are with turbo sixes. <laughs> huge turbo sixes, though. Yeah, yeah huge. Yeah. Hey, one thing I, I definitely want to talk about. We a lot of what we've said tonight has been about what Liberty Media has done. Uh, you know, I think for the most part, I mean, I think in the United States has been some pretty positive feedback. I've definitely seen some online, some social that that. Uh, they don't, that not everyone is agreeing with what uh, Liberty's doing, but the one thing that, that they, I don't think they did, I think they can't take all credit for this, but the F1 app, um, I have the iOS version and it is phenomenal. I mean, it is, it is a really, really, really good app. And, uh, it, it, it may be that it was in the Liberty era, but they, they I like the, the localization feature of it. Yeah, that's just one little tiny thing. If you like during the race, for example, if you're using the app during live during the race, um, they have all of the radio transmissions. They put them in the feed and you can play the radio transmissions and hear the entire radio transmissions. I thought that was cool. But you're right. The local time and all that they've gotten better about making sure that you understand what time the races start, no matter where they are around the world. Obviously, that's a big deal when you're you know, you flip open the app, you're like, wait a minute, when's it start? You want to know quickly. So they've gotten better about that. But the but overall, the app is a fun, it, it's by far, nobody's even close to having a, an app that approaches the Formula One app. And we got to give them credit for that. You know, we, we've given uh, F1 pre, pre-Liberty, we gave them such a hard time for, for digital and social media and all that. And we just trashed them because they were doing a, a bad job. But well, I think that you know, came from the top. the The tone from the top was social media is not where our audience is. Yeah, but I do think that maybe the, the app was pretty. In fact, the app was probably the best in class before right. Bernie left. But I think that he was looking at it, going, "That's just new technology. That's not social media." Yeah. So, but the app has definitely gotten much better. And if you, I mean, if you don't have it, 
there, there's several levels that you can. I know you can get one for free. I've, I, I think I've paid for the premium, the top one app in Formula One, but uh, but you can get the audio broadcast. And you know, this is a trend in all of motorsports that is um, that that just like uh, MotoGP does, Dorna, where you can, if you get the app, you can watch all the races at your convenience on any app, on any device, whatever you got. So, all right, but uh, boys, we'll you to get absorbed more into it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up here. I definitely want to make sure. Speaking of apps and technology and listening and how to listen, you know, obviously every Sunday night live at seven o'clock uh, Austin time here in Austin, you can listen to us. And of course, you can go to speedcityradio.com. That re- that redirects wherever we are live. That's where you find us. And of course, we we're real good on Facebook and Twitter, and on SoundCloud. We haven't done. We're not that great on Instagram yet. When we get the time to be good at it, we'll we'll kick that up a notch. But uh, but check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and we will talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.